Welcome to Liberate Your People Pleaser. I'm Brenda Florida, certified life coach, and I am on a mission to liberate people to their authentic power and ideal self-expression. So what's a people pleaser? Well, those of us who are people pleasers are usually very loving and kind. We're empathetic. We also tend to prioritize other people's needs over our own, which leaves us feeling not seen and not heard. We're great at anticipating the needs of others and often put ourselves in second place. We're great doers and nurturers, and we often have the role of keeping the peace, whether it's in our families or in the workplace. Well, the first thing I wanna share with you is that there's nothing wrong with you. But we do wanna take some of these qualities of people pleasing that we focus so much on other people and turn them on to ourselves first, which turns them into our superpower. To find out more, listen to this next episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. Welcome everyone to this episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. I am Brenda Florida, Certified Life Coach, and I am really thrilled today to have Dr. Manuela Powell with us. And she has a really great story. She's a life coach, mindset coach, and where we have similar stories in some regards, um, then there's some great distinctions that she brings to the table of our discussions here at Liberate Your People Pleaser. And I'm really happy to have you here and let you share your story and your wisdom with um, the audience here. So thank you, Manuela. I will let you introduce yourself and tell us some of your story, why you do what you do and all those great things. Thank you. It's really fun to be here. I'm excited to connect with you. Uh, okay. So yeah, as you said, I am a mindset coach, life coach, whatever you want to call me. I just help people look at their, their thoughts and decide which ones they want to keep and which one they, they want to throw out. Um, I do what I do. Well, I used to be a breast cancer surgeon until 2017. That's and the doctor part. <laughs> yeah, that's the doctor part. <laughs> <laughs> And that was amazing. I loved it. Loved it so much. So I've been working with women for many, many years in their most vulnerable times. So which means that I've been listening to all of the things that afflict most of us. Yes. And eventually I had kids very late at 42 and 44. When I had my second, we moved from Brazil uh, to the US where my husband is from. And I decided that I didn't want to continue doing what I was doing because I had done some training here in the U.S. I went to Sloan Kettering and Cornell and I knew that I wouldn't see my kids every day, that I wouldn't right. be able to be home if they were sick or something. And so I decided to quit. And this sounds very easy and straightforward. It was neither of these things. <laughs> I just quit and you became a life coach. Oh, it was so easy. Oh, it was so easy. <laughs> And then, of course, the, you know, as I'm assuming you may know, once you decide, oh, yeah, I'm going to be a coach because I my husband suggested me find a coach because I was like, what am I going to do with my life? Because I had this right. amazing career that was so fulfilling. And now I don't know what to do. Um, and then he suggested me to find a coach after a while. Mm -hmm. And I was so confused because like, I was like, wait, I don't play any sports. Why do I need a coach? Because <laughs> yeah. I didn't know about it. <laughs> 
Yes, yes. A lot of yeah. people are very confused about what a coach does and why would I want one and all of that. So yes. yeah, yeah. So you know, now I think it's more a little more mainstream. But at the time, I had no clue. It also, medicine, you just you know, you have the blinders on. You don't yeah. see anything else. So I went to reset. Like, oh, life coach. This sounds like a scam. But I'm gonna go look at it. <laughs> And as soon as I started researching it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I need to do with my life. Not hire a coach, but be a coach. Because yeah. I realized that there are two things that I really loved about my job, which was one was operating, which is hard, not really transferable. But yeah. the other one was to just have those conversations that was so, so common that, you know, women, especially the, the younger women with breast cancer or with a scary diagnosis, you know, yes. that will come to my office and we're like, oh my gosh, now what? Like my, my life is all different and everything has changed. And I don't, I don't even know how to behave in this world. And I love that part. I love okay. having those conversations. And then if it was really a diagnosis to then help them navigate their new normal, because a lot of times yeah. people, this is something that just awakens something in people. They're like, oh, wait, this is not how I want to live my life. So I love doing that. And I was like, oh, yeah. yes, I'm going to do that. <laughs> yes, yes. And, you know, that makes me think I'm I'm having, and I think there's a collective, you know, uh, having <laughs> of this feeling that even though I won't say our pandemic is over, you know, but we're a little more back to, you know, some activities in lives that feel, it feels more normal now than it did a year and a half ago. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. that also not to, I don't want to compare that to a bad cancer diagnosis or something exactly, but it kind of gives that, I feel like, okay, I got through this for a reason. Like it's doing that thing. I think for a lot of people where it's making us reevaluate our lives, we had such an abrupt change yeah, it was yeah. not our choice. And all bad diagnoses are the same thing, right? Not my Absolutely. choice. All of a sudden my life is different. And so collectively we've had such a common experience with that over the last year and a half. And I feel like, yeah, like, okay, I'm here for a reason. I mean, I've always been very purpose driven, but I feel it with people in the, you know, in the audience here and with other people, you know, just people in general, social media and stuff that I interact with where we're like, okay, like we're, we're feeling yeah. more purpose driven and including if we don't know what our purpose is anymore, which is I'm sure what you dealt with a lot, where once they get that bad diagnosis, it's like, okay, now wait a minute, I'm prioritizing my life in a different way from here on out. And I may not even know what that is. I don't may not know what that is. I just know I'm not going to do it the same. Yeah. That, and I think that's how, that's how all the, all the, profound changes start with us is is mm -hmm. just by saying not this like this is not yeah. okay anymore so I don't know what it's gonna be but like I know that this is I don't like this anymore like I'm not okay yeah. with this anymore and that has that can be with anything and I think during the pandemic that happened so frequently because we're all suddenly forced to actually look at and yeah. a lot of things that we used to cope, which was like social interactions and going to the gym. And I don't know, like there's so many things, of course, you know, shopping online and Netflix is still alive and well, but <laughs> there were a lot of things that were healthier. We, we were left with a, with a lot of coping mechanism, mechanisms that were a little less healthy. Yes. And that just made a lot of people just really look at their lives and the rate of divorce when when a lot high uh, went up a lot because of course 
you know, before yeah. just like, well, we, we didn't have time to be together. And now like, oh man, that thing that was like a small thing turns it's out it's not a small thing. And now yeah. we really have to deal with it. And I think people have a really hard time having difficult conversations. Yes. So, so it was me, hard. Yeah. To, so to let's get. go to the difficult conversation and tell me how this intersects for you and your own journey with being a people pleaser. Like I think we talked offline a little bit and I think you can relate to the dynamics of being a people pleaser. And I think that a lot of times what keeps people stuck in their people pleasing habits is they are afraid or just don't even know where to begin Mm -hmm. to have that difficult conversation. And it's so against, I can remember when I was having my first difficult conversations with my first husband as I was starting to come become aware of and then start to want to not do all those people pleasing things, I didn't even know where to begin to speak the words that would say what I wanted or what I didn't like about what he said to me or whatever, because I had spent 15 yep. years going, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And, yes. and smiling, yes. lots of <laughs> smiling, you know, and just going along so that I didn't disrupt anything. So that idea of being a disruptor was so foreign to me. So I'm sure everybody doesn't experience that in the same way I did. Mm -hmm. But for me, that was, that was a really big mountain to climb to, to even have the courage and then find the actual words. And I find in my own coaching practice, I don't know if you do too. I spend a lot of time with clients It's like, okay, so how would we say that, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, because you're, when you're into people pleasing, you're not accustomed to speaking your truth. And so it's not like the words just eloquently flow as if you're suddenly Oprah or, you know, uh, (laughs) poet, you know, uh, Maya Angelou or something like that. Right. And so how do you help people and, and with the difficult conversation and how has the people pleasing um, habits, dynamics played a part in your own journey? Yeah. So first start is I used to be a professional people pleaser, yeah. I think until the day. And I think that the first step is always awareness. The first step yes. is just like, wait, what's going on? And the part that I didn't say about my current work is that I don't work with anything related to medicine these days. I work with women And one way to phrase it is I help women deal or smash the internalized patriarchy. And I think Ah. that has so much to do with what you're saying and what you're asking, because we are so conditioned in so many ways since we get out of the womb, like, oh, okay, you have a vagina. So here's how this is going to go for you. Mm -hmm. And we're just like, this is going to go for you. You're cute. You're adorable. You're helpful. You're all these things. Cute, cute, cute. And then you grow up, you continue believing these other people are telling you things. What I see, I have two boys, they're very young, but I see boys, even my sons who are four and six, they call each other dumb or whatever other words they think is horrible. And they don't really believe that because like they know they're just like, whatever, they're just saying, right? So, So boys grow up with that. And we grow up with like, oh, you're cute, you're adorable, you're helpful. And then we continue believing that when people start saying things to us, they're not so pleasant. Yes. So we want always to continue. It was like, wait, how do I get them to like me? How do I, how, how can I be a good girl? Yes. We continue with that 
very patriarchal conditioning of like yes. I have to be the good girl I have to I have to be selfless right like this is like oh my gosh this is a compliment which makes me want to barf but it's like yes right so it's so hard for us to understand that number one you can have needs and wants and those can be actually opposite to the people you love and that is okay that is fine. yes okay uh, well, hold on <laughs> Wait, we can have needs and wants that are opposite of the people we love. That is so true. So everybody just take that in. It's okay. And I think the other thing that just struck me about what you said, because I love this idea of the internal patriarch, because it really does become, it might've started as an external voice, but they become internal voices and that external voice can leave. I saw this so clearly with my mother. She was married to a really emotionally and occasionally a little like a push or a shove physically abusive man for like 30 years. And when he finally died, uh, maybe that was a nice way to say it, but that's how it felt. Okay. Um, And she was, quote unquote, free from all that oppression and criticism and abuse he put on her, she just started saying the things to herself. Of course, because because it's, well, first of all, and there's neuroscience to explain that, which is our brains really like to save energy. So it's like, Mm -hmm. we already know this, the neural pathway goes this way, like you're a bad bad person, you're horrible, you're blah, 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 you can't do anything right. Etc. because you're not perfect because we are conditioned yeah. to believe that unless you have flawless skin a massive success in your business and your kids are made of whatever like all the things are beautiful and amazing you're a failure like there's no yes. and we internalize it and personalize it yeah. whereas men and to your point a moment ago little boys they don't they can say they're stupid they can say they're ugly they can have you know grown men can have failures and they don't internalize it and personalize it the way as women we typically do because of the way we were conditioned. Yeah. So that's exactly right. So you see that when men go, I don't know, apply for a job and they're like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm like 20% qualified. I can totally go and do this. I can do that. Yeah. And then I see, I have clients who are looking for jobs or opening businesses. And I'm like, you have literally, there's like this little tiny thing that maybe it would take you like a half a day to learn, but you're, you don't yeah. really don't, it was like, oh, I'm not qualified. I'm like, just what? <laughs> yes. Right. Exactly. Because we feel like everything has to be absolutely perfect. If it's not absolutely perfect, then it doesn't, it doesn't work. And, and then there's the, you know, the people pleasing part, which is like, I then need to mold myself to that, to this request, right? You cannot get, and to continue this, this example, the, the job interview, you can't go to a job interview and say, okay, like, this is what I want. I see that in my clients. Yes. Well, I want, what you're looking for is like, if your kids are sick, you want to go home, right? So why not say, oh no, but if I say that, they're going to think right. whatever. It's like, but that is the truth. Right? Yes. You don't want to yeah. get a job. Then if that happens, you'd be like, well, I'm so sorry, but either they're going to cut your pay or whatever. Like you really want to say the things that you need and that you want so that you can get them. Yes. <laughs> That's yes. You it, <laughs> it seems like a simple concept, but I'm telling you, you know, and I'm of course, you know, a hundred times better at it today because I've been through much of my, so, so much of my own, you know, recovery and healing from all of this. But that concept of I can ask for what I want and need was so foreign to me at one point. And then the idea, as you said a few minutes ago, so brilliantly, 
when it's the opposite of what I, you know, reasonably know my Mm -hmm. husband isn't going to want, or my kids aren't going to want, or, you know, my boss or whatever, then those seem like, well, of course I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Cause you disappoint, you disappoint yourself before you disappoint anyone else, obviously. Right. So that is, I think that is the main like the, the basis of people pleasing. It's yeah. like, I'm, I'm going to, everybody else has to be, they have to have everything, every single need met. And then, yes. then it's my turn. Which and is that whole, that whole willingness to thing. disappoint ourselves. I mean, I just got off the phone with a client and like so much of our time is around her allowing herself to do what she wants. She's mm-hmm. so conditioned to do what other people want to choose the career that somebody else thought was a good idea to, you know, the social activities, the everything. And it was really, I mean, a hard, but I think important moment, you know, that just happened to happen today where it's like, it's time to choose. There's a price that we pay when we are willing to disappoint ourselves instead of somebody else, when we choose what other people want for us instead of what we want for us. And even though it may seem like, you know, the path of least resistance at the time or the way to keep the peace or have harmony or whatever, we are paying a price for that internally every single time. And and I'm, I, I am convinced 100% after seeing, after working 20 years as a doctor, a cancer surgeon, I am a hundred percent convinced that it's this kind of thing that all that stuff inside will, it's not the one thing that causes disease, especially disease like cancer, but it's a lot of things that cause cancer. There's like several factors. This is a big one. This is, you know, you can have all the genetics and all the things and and you can like just continue your life, not having cancer. Obviously there's people who smoke four packs of cigarettes a day. So obviously there's a way. But I feel like the things that are unsaid, the resentment, the, yes. you know, all those things that we keep inside at some point, they, your body is going to, I always joke that it's like, you know, if your body is nudging you, like, you know, you start having yes. some, some heart burn and then you start not sleeping and then your hair falls off a little bit. That's your body nudging you. I always yes. joke, like, don't let it bitch slap you because <laughs> it yes. will. <laughs> yes, yes. 100% do that. So it, and it's really in those difficult conversations and in saying the things or asking for the things that we want. And listen, it's not guaranteed that you're going to get them. It's right. Fine, right. Like it's okay. Also when people say no to us for us to be like, Oh, this is not personal. Like they have their reasons. It's not, yeah. they're not saying no to us because we don't deserve it because we're not worthy, whatever. It's just like, okay, so now there let's no see if we can get a compromise. It's completely yeah. fine. But but already not, especially when we do what you said, it was like, oh, I already know, quote unquote, that my husband, partner, boss, kid, whatever is going to say this. So I'm not going to ask. No, you don't know. Yeah. You do not know. Yeah. Even if that person said that thing a thousand times, answer that way, like try them today. They're a different right. person today. So go, yeah. go talk to them today. Yes. Yes. I think that's so true. And I agree with the whole, I always, I say often because it's how I felt at the time that if I kept my people pleasing habits, right. If I kept choosing my spouse and my kids and my everybody over myself, that I would die, that I was just dying a little piece at a time, just 
tiny piece after tiny piece and you kind of don't notice it for a while. Yep. And then, and I didn't have to experience um, a health issue from it, but I agree. I mean, I think most of our health issues mm-hmm. are because of the stress that it's putting on our body to live in ways that are so outside of our authentic nature. Yeah. And when we're living in, cause I, I like to say that, and I'd love your take on this to me, there, there's no way to have a true power by that. I mean, you know, like our own personal power, not power over somebody mm-hmm. else or a situation, but just our own sense of empowerment without authenticity like they're just intrinsically connected and and when i find my authentic voice it's very empowering yeah. you know i'll have clients who'll say like well i don't even know what it would feel like to feel what is empowerment what it, you know and as soon as they yeah. do something on their own behalf that's really authentic and we can talk about that and i'll say okay so that's it how you feel right now whether the other person said yes, or, you know, whether you got what you wanted, it's never about, did I get what I wanted by speaking my truth? We speak our truth for ourselves. And yeah, it's great when the other person, you know, responds in the way we wanted them to, but it doesn't always happen that way. And we, it's so much easier to manage, or I hate that word manage, but to respond Mm. to that, that answer that wasn't what we wanted. When we're in our authentic, empowered state, then when we were just hoping or, you know, in a, in a, either not speaking our mind at all or doing it from kind of a victim standpoint of like, well, I've given you so much. So can I have this one thing, you know, that always feels different. Yeah. And I think in, in relation to authenticity, I think the problem about that for most women, I see that people don't really know what that means in terms of like, I don't know. And I have that experience. That's why I actually chose this niche eventually because there was a point and I was one of those people that are like very driven and called intimidating and all the, you know, those kinds of things, like very type A and all that. But there was a point where I was like, what, what parts of this is, are me and what parts are not just like, I just did it because it was the thing that I had to do. So I think to get to that point of being authentic, yeah, it's just it's just so hard for a lot of people because you have to yeah. like okay, let me. In, in my case, I actually moved to Hawaii to the jungle, <laughs> and that away from civilization, from family, from yeah. all the the other things. That's when I'm like, oh, okay, this is this is kind of who I am. I'm gonna start knowing who I am. I still don't know, and I probably will not yes. know the whole the full story until I yeah. die. But I think there's so much talk today about the whole you have to be authentic, and then people imagine that it has to be like. Oh, so I have to figure almost like I have to figure out my brand, which is not the same thing. No. And another thing about being authentic is this. You don't have to be this one thing the whole time. I think we have very different selves and depending on which context we're in at work with your kids, with your, you know, partner with whatever. So it's fine that you're like, I feel, you know, sometimes I look at myself, I was like, I love putting makeup and looking pretty. And I also love having like wearing my sweatpants and not having yes. anything and all that. And that those, both, both of those things are very authentic. So it doesn't yes. have to, now I have to fit in this thing and I can't because I'm all these things. Yes. 
that's that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, that's such a great point because it is so fluid. I mean, our lives are fluid. You know, my metaphor for this is rigor mortis, right? So what mm-hmm. happens after we die? We start getting really stiff, right? Yeah. And we're dead. So the opposite of that yeah. is fluidity. And as soon as I get super rigid in my mindset, super rigid in how I'm living my life, to me, I'm moving towards not life (laughs) and that fluidity and who we are. Absolutely. My authentic self-expression five years ago had a lot of different things in it than what it does today. I mean, it's not like I'm a completely different person or whatever, you know, there's nothing, there are no threads that continue to flow through it that are the same, but how I do it it is different. And certain things I've let go of, and I don't want to do those anymore. Now, doesn't mean they weren't authentic to me then, but they're not now. And to your point of finding it, I love that. I want to go back to your trip to Hawaii, because of course, I had no idea what my authentic self was when I started pondering that question. I'd say most women don't until they really like dig in there. (laughs) And it's very much, I think, a trial and error, like we can't, it's an exploration. And so that also is not a straight line. You do things and you're like, oh, I thought I was going to love that, you know, and turns out I don't. Well, the other part is like, you can't love that for a while and then not love it anymore. anymore. Because that is very important in people pleasing because a lot of times like, oh, but you know, say in with your partner, like, well, when we married, I loved camping. And it was my example. Yeah. I I used to like him. And now I'm like, no, (laughs) it's just not going to do that. You know? So it's like, and it's totally fine. Yes. I liked that. Then I now am 48 years old and I love my mirror, mirror foam and my down pillows and my weighted blanket. Thank you very much. I don't want to do any of that. Yeah. 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 So tell, and I think nature, I think being in nature is and, and getting away. So getting to a different environment without our, the, uh, our families, you know, the people that we typically are pleasing, you know, get ourselves away from them and allow ourselves to explore and through trial and error, start to see, like, if I went to a shoe store, I love shoes. So let's use this metaphor uh, and only let myself try on one or two pairs of shoes and then pick from those that's a very limited approach to shoe shopping. Oh, I love that. Yeah. But if I go to, you know, Nordstrom, a really nice big Nordstrom where they have a really big salon shoe section, uh, then I can try on 30 pairs of shoes. And the one pair number five that I thought was the best, you know, by the time I get to t- pair 12, maybe they're not the best anymore. You know, like we right. have to give ourselves that space and permission. I think a lot of it's just a self-permission to not know. And that's okay. And now I'm going to go start playing with things to find out. So tell us how that was for you. I think this will be a perfect way to sort of wrap our interview up Mm -hmm. because I want to hear a little bit more how you found, started to, you know, discover those things that were authentic for you in this time in Hawaii and how you came back and brought that with you to your everyday life. Yeah. So um, when I went there, 
it was like, okay, I need to, because my family is from Brazil and I was living in New York at the time, but then I moved there and it's like, it's so far apart in terms of like the time zones are so hard that it would even talking to them was hard. Yes. Like if we didn't talk when it was morning in Hawaii, like then that was it. Yeah. So I think that distance, because I'm very close to my family and I love them and they're great, but they're, you know, people who have their own ideas of yeah. how, you know, life should be. And I felt like I was always, I had different ideas and it was always because, oh, you're going to change your mind. Oh, you're just being a rebel. Oh, you're just whatever. And we're just in my whole life. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm so annoying. Right. Oh, I'm wrong. Like in some way I am wrong because I am not following this one thing that someone completely arbitrarily decided that I should follow. Yes. And I think when I went there, it was like, OK, now, first of all, no responsibilities. Hawaii. Hello. Like, right. Like amazing, gorgeous, beautiful bunch of people who were going through also live transformations and all that. So everybody, it's, there's no, there's no small talk in the almost a year that I lived there. I don't, I never had one like five minute yeah. conversation that was not. So what do you think the universe is, you know, like it was very, <laughs> so I think it was to me and I did not think I would not be a doctor at some point in my life but the never the thought never crossed my mind okay but when I lived there I think it was when I first realized that I surgeon was a thing that I did like I did that I was not that because before it was like this is my person this is my whole self if you take that yes. out there's nothing left okay and when I was there and you know I was doing things that had nothing to do with that and of course when people got hurt or sick of course I wasn't <laughs> helping them because the middle of the jungle uh the closest clinic was like in 40 minutes okay. so but it was I was able to see and because there's you know all the workshops and yoga and meditation and all that I was able to like okay let me let me see what's going on in here. Like, who, who is that person? Yeah. And just being there with a bunch of people who never saw me before. And I'm just wearing these clothes that do not say surgeon. And I'm just yeah. like a, a person. Yeah. That was like what allowed me to say, okay, this is, if I ever am not a surgeon, it's fine. I'm still a person. And here's yes. some things that this person actually is and likes and whatever. So that was the beginning of it. And then I, I met my husband there, actually. When I was oh, okay. So then from then on, and eventually many years later, I think it was four years after that, that I, that I quit medicine. But I, if it wasn't for that, you know, okay, let me unhook these two things, what yeah. I do from what I am. And now I can actually be myself. And then when you do that, you start noticing that it's like, okay, these are things that people, you know, that I'm telling people yes or agreeing with them because I want them to like me. And yeah. when I came back, I started to say, you know what? I don't, I mean, not being a, a, like a jerk or anything, but just like, you know, being really much easier to disagree with people or to agree with myself <laughs> before I say, no. I'm just yes. not, that's not just how it is. And I understand that you see it this way. And I understand that it's been 40 years that you know, you know you're right. knowing me because I was 40 at that time. But this is just not who I am anymore. And now I'm, yeah. I notice or whatever was that before. I, I don't know. But like from now on, this is what's going on. And these are the things yes. that I'm going to accept. And these are the things that I'm not. And of course, this is a practice. And also, I want to say, you do not need to go to the jungle in Hawaii to do that. Right. right? You can't you can do that in your in your real life. It does help if you distance yourself, even if it's just like, OK, let me just not talk every day to these people who are the people that I'm trying to please the whole time. Yeah. So, so that you can get some distance in your mind. 
and mm-hmm. and realize that but you know it doesn't need to be a full-on <laughs> year in yes. the middle. <laughs> I, think that, I think that's a great point I love that story and I think it is a great place to sort of wrap up our time together much as we could talk I'm sure for more hours <laughs> more but to give people that I always like to be very practical too in what I do here in my own work and with liberate your people pleaser to so people really can not leave just with the inspiration of oh wow I loved hearing her story and how she did that and that gives me some at least hope right some idea that this can be done if somebody else can do it I should, can surely figure it out but then also then, okay, so now how, what do we do? And, mm-hmm. and so to be able to find for yourself, to craft for yourself, you know, it could just start with an afternoon, you know, like, yeah, retreat in Hawaii. If you can say yes to that, say yes to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, retreats in Costa Rica, you know, always say yes to those things when you can, but sometimes you can't and, but it doesn't have to be that, that you can, take an afternoon. I mean, for some people, it would be radical to take an hour. Oh, yeah. And disconnect from all the who you're supposed to be what and even if it feels like you're just in this vast vacuum of I don't the hell know who Mm -hmm. I am without what I do. Let yourself be in the discomfort of that until because something will bubble up. You know, our inner wisdom wants us to know it wants us to know well and that's that's an important point because the first thing that i would say to do this work one thing that is i think probably required Mm -hmm. is for you to spend time with yourself because what happens today is that we literally do not have any time without the little machine in our pockets we you know people go to the bathroom with the thing yeah so the only times you don't have some sort of stimulus getting in your brain is when you're in the shower or when you're just going to bed so i think and you can call it meditation contemplation you can walk you can doodle you can whatever but like without things in your mind so that you can listen to yourself because if not like there's no way that you're gonna know anything Right. Yeah. It's just like, spend, like if you go driving, don't turn on the music, just be in the car. It's going to be uncomfortable yeah. in the beginning, by the way, it's going to feel like really weird. Yeah. But if you do that and if you start that practice of just like, I'm just going to be here with myself, yes. then you can really, okay, what do I want? And you can think about a specific person, situation or whatever, so that you can solve for that. And one question that I really like to offer my yeah. clients is, um, what would I do or say if there were no consequences? Yes. Yes. Love that question. What would I do or say if there were no consequences? Yeah. And then you yeah. can say, like, maybe that, maybe that is your full answer. Maybe you're going to have to adapt it. Cause like, uh, would be like, Oh, I'll punch that person in the face. Don't do that. Right. But you know, <laughs> but maybe if that's what you feel about that person, maybe that's the person you need to cut from your life. And a lot of times, well, yeah. for sure, if you do this work, you're going to have to do some pruning and yes. that's really uncomfortable. So I think that's yes. the part that a lot of people like, mm, I don't want to do that because it will get uncomfortable. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But being able, so I love that. So we will leave everyone with that like inner assignment to Go find some time for yourself. Like you say, I mean, it could just be when you're in the car, but instead of just listening to music and zoning out, you intentionally, I mean, I think that's the thing. Go take a walk, go give yourself an hour, a half a day, a whole weekend, a a trip to Hawaii or Costa Rica, (laughs) whatever, 
with that intention of, I want to start discovering what I want and who I am without these roles and without the idea of disappointing or upsetting someone. How did you say it? How did you word that question? Uh, What would you do if, or say if there are no consequences? No consequences. Yeah. 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 That's a good, I I do it similarly with the Mm -hmm. feelings would be hurt, you know, and you wouldn't disappoint anybody. Um, But it is that that's what breaks you through the people pleasing stuff and, and gets your brain, your mind going past the, habitual pattern that is taking you to automatically to, well, I won't do that because that's going to upset so-and-so without you necessarily even noticing it. Right. Cause those are, that's the, it's the, it's the shoulds and I have to, yeah. and I must and all that, like and you all that cannot get so to that. Normal. Yeah. So normal. Sure, but I just do that and it just feels so real. Yeah. So to be able to interrupt that pattern and say, no, you know what, I'm going to take these next 10 minutes, this next hour, this next weekend, and I'm going to disconnect from all those habitual thoughts and give myself permission to, to imagine what would I do? What would I, what do I want? Yeah. How, what, how would I dress? How, yeah. where would I go? What food would I eat? Where would I live? Yeah, this is a, this is a, it's a really fun exercise when you get into that. It's almost like the exercise of like, what would I do if I won the lottery, right? Like it's so yes. fun. That is the same. Cause like, yeah, just pretend everything like no nobody has anything to say about you nobody has no any opinions about you what how would it be and what how would you behave and then practice with the tiny thing yes tiny tiny one yes go and do that those little small incremental changes are so um they're so powerful like yeah. we think we need to go, oh, well, all this is so big and I can't do that. So nothing, you know, no. and for some people might be like, you know, go have a pixie cut, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> That's a great the one. Cut. That's right. The women That's have right. to have long hair. My husband likes long hair. Long hair. Guys is, are going to like me. For no, that's not yeah. true. And if it is, well, maybe those are not the people that you right. know. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Want. Yeah. And it's yeah. in, like, just choose something silly and small. I'm going to dress in this crazy shirt today to go to work. Who cares? Right. Yeah. And, and just see how it, because I think it's, you know, this is an old, old saying by Seneca. I was like, we usually suffer way more in imagination than reality. It's like, yeah, yes. you're thinking yes. that people are going to say and think and do. And a lot of times they're going to be like, oh, cool. Or yeah. they're not going to be like, they're just going to be like, okay, whatever. Right. I don't they care. absolutely don't even notice. They don't right? care. Like, yeah. You've done something so dramatic and nobody even picked nobody up on Nobody cares. It, you know? So yeah. yeah, beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Manuela, for being with me and for sharing all this great stuff with our listeners. Everybody, we will have ways that you can reach out to Dr. Manuela Powell through the show notes, of course. Um, And so any final words or anything you want to leave the audience with as we sign off today? Well, I'd say really, if you're finding this work difficult, just keep going because it's really worth it. Like the freedom on the other side is absolutely worth every piece of discomfort that you're going to feel and on the way there. Yes. Oh, so true. So true. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us on this episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. Thank you. I'm Brenda Florida, Certified Life Coach. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. You are in the right place at the right time because I have a special offer for you right now. It is 
the digital program of my coaching process, the Solve It Method. So whether I talked about the Solve It Method in this episode or not, it is a super powerful process that I use with myself and with clients to solve whatever issues are coming up for them. It sounds too good to be true, but it's not. I haven't found the thing with my life or clients that this process hasn't worked on. And yet it's very straightforward and sort of simple uh, in, in concept. So it's an easy thing for me to teach you through a digital program. And then there's gonna be worksheets so that you can work on integrating it and applying it in your life. It works with work, career, entrepreneurial business problems. I've helped clients with that. I've used it myself on that. Our issues with our moms and dads, you know, those sort of original family issues. I've used it for that. Romance, just personal growth. Like when you've lost sight of what your dreams are, maybe the pandemic has sort of put you in a reset, but you're not sure where to go now. You know, maybe you're anxious or angry. All these kinds of things are problems that I have used the Solve It Method on, again, for myself and with clients. So I know this works. So here's what I've got. Right now, there's an introductory price on the program. You can get just the digital program. You'll get all the videos. It's five modules, worksheets, lots of great stuff to sort of work on it yourself, do it in a, you know, do it yourself sort of format. But here's the other thing. I've added a mastery level uh, component to it. So when you go to the link here in the show notes and go to the details page of the Solvent Method digital program, you're gonna see a mastery level option. And in that, you're gonna add three coaching sessions, one-on-one with me, to your digital program. I've discounted that even steeper right now as an introductory offer. So that's like $200 off of what it would cost you to buy those two things separately. So go check it out, take advantage of it now before the holidays hit. This is gonna help you navigate the holidays and start the new year from such a more empowered place. I promise you, you will not regret it. So check out the show notes to get the link and go look at all the information for the Solve It Method and sign up for it because this is gonna be like having a coach in your back pocket that you can go to anytime you get to keep it forever and will help you with any issue that comes up in your life. So I'm Brenda Florida. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser.